This morning's reading follows the miraculous catch of fish and the healing of the leper. And we're continuing to see what Jesus means when he talks about fishing for people. Now the leper had come to Jesus to seek him out with faith. Now we have someone who's socially more acceptable, but they have to rely on others to get to Jesus. In fact, Luke suggests that it's the man's friends who want to bring him to Jesus. But this time, lots of people are watching and all of them are curious and many of them are excited and some of them are ready to be offended. The reading is taken from Luke chapter 5, verses 17 to 26. Jesus heals a paralytic. One day, as he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law, who had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem, were sitting there, and the power of the Lord was present for him to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralytic on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up onto the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, Friends, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, Who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, Why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk, but that you may know the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralysed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on and went home, praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, We have seen remarkable things today. This is the word of the Lord. Jesus of Nazareth! I saw what you did to the leper on the road this morning. My friend has been paralyzed since childhood. He has no hope but you. Please, do for him what you did for the leper. That's a rope! Put it back, man! If you are willing, Rabbi, I know you can do this. You wanted. Get out your tablet at least. 
Danger? I don't know. No, I don't think so. He's got whom in there? Yes. Can you believe we're really here for this? Yes. By whose authority do you teach? Answer me. If you are willing, Rabbi, you know you can't. Hey, I'm talking to you. By whom do you teach? Certainly not the authority of any rabbi from Nazareth. Where did you study? Your faith is beautiful. Son, take heart. Your sins are forgiven. Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Right. But I ask you, which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven, or rise up and walk? It's easy to say anything, no? But to show you, and so that you may know that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. I say to you, my son, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. When it comes to gardening, I'm really more, bra more brawn uh, than brain. Uh, and uh, I do remember one time as a younger man when I had to get a tree stump out of a flower bed. And it, was, it wasn't that big. It kind of only stood about 18 inches proud. Uh, but in order to get it out, uh, we had to 
sweat two of us for half a day and eventually we had to get a dumper truck in and uh, wrap a chain around it and pull it out. Now we're aware that at some stage uh, we're going to need to do uh, a similar thing behind us here. Uh, there's, there's lots of holly stumps in there as well as the, all the roots of the ivy and the bindweed and the brambles and all of those go down pretty deep and it's going to take some pretty serious grafting. We've, we've sort of cut stuff off the top but we've really not yet faced the proper uh, deep stuff and we're going to have to uh, at some stage. Now in today's passage uh, we see some friends and they turn up with a paralyzed man. Uh, two weeks ago we'd had Jesus retiring to a boat uh, because of the crowds. The crowds are out again in as much force and this time Jesus retires to a house and try as they may these friends with their uh, paralyzed friend can't get near. It would have been incredibly easy for them to give up or to go away or to start a fight but instead they go up onto the roof and they break open a section and they lower their friend right down in front of Jesus because then Jesus literally couldn't ignore him because there he was as the dust settled and the bits fell through from the roof. That's a very poignant picture, isn't it? His friends are resourceful and determined and a bit reckless in their efforts to get their friend to the feet of Jesus. But I wonder how my friends and my loved ones would describe my efforts to bring them to Jesus. Or how would your friends and your loved ones describe your efforts? Try these for size half-hearted, judgmental, superficial, over-subtle. You fill in the gaps, but they do provide us with a wonderful example. Now, Luke, of all the Gospels, is the Gospel that is full of surprises with Jesus confounding and confusing and reversing expectations at every turn. And here's the big surprise in this encounter and it does take us by surprise if we read carefully it seems that Jesus who's usually so on point and is so tuned in to people and their needs and their desires it seems as though he completely misreads the situation it's perfectly obvious what the friends are asking Jesus to do uh, excuse me heal our friends I mean, you know, did they need to spell it out or write it on the man's forehead or put a letter into his hands? But instead, Jesus, as Luke says, seeing their faith, turns to the man and says to him, friend, your sins are forgiven. I mean, it is perplexing. Who said anything about sin? It's really a bit insulting, isn't it? Hadn't this man suffered enough? Now... Jesus is pardoning his sins in public. Where's, where's Jesus's compassion? You know, it looks like uh, this little fish is going to jump out of the net and back into the water. If that's the welcome, if that's the compassion that he's confronted with. Now we will come uh, to the second big turning point in Luke's story in just a few minutes. Uh, Jesus's great confounding question about his authority and about his identity but let's dwell here for a moment and let's dive deeper and see what Jesus is actually doing 
in this encounter and what he's pointing us towards. Maybe, maybe Jesus knows something that they don't. That it's us who's not seeing things clearly enough and the friends and probably the man too. Jesus's actions and his statement don't reveal that he's missed something or that he's being obtuse or unkind. They reveal rather that he sees straight into this man and every person's soul and he knows our deepest need. This encounter, when you put it together with other things that we read very clearly in the New Testament, suggests that the main and the deepest and the biggest problem is not our pain or our suffering or our past. Now that's not to minimize anyone's pain, but the deepest problem is our sin. Now, perhaps, you find that offensive or insulting. You want to shout at Jesus, this man needs a healing. This man needs to make a livelihood. He needs to be able to get married and have children and have a settled family life. That's what he's really need. What has this poor bloke done wrong to anyone? That's maybe what we'd want to shout at Jesus. But Jesus seems very clearly to be saying, this man's deepest need or the place where we need to start is that like every other person rich and successful poor or paralyzed he isn't loving or following God or living for God he is ignoring God in his world maybe he's caved in to bitterness or meanness or frustration we don't know the specifics and we don't need to know the specifics. Purely physical healing is not going to be enough, though Jesus will attend to that. He needs first and foremost, this man, to have things put right with God, to put on the, to everything to be put on the level, to be sorted out. And that's why Jesus starts with those startling words of forgiveness. Now, remember, it was the same with Simon Peter two weeks ago. In the presence of Jesus and his authority and his power, Simon falls on his knees in shame. Now, we don't see Simon as being paranoid or oversensitive. Rather, for the first time, he was seeing himself as she truly was in the face of Jesus' holiness and his grace. It was painful, but it wasn't debilitating. Uh, nor was it humiliating. Now, how many of us underestimate the depths of our longing? How many of us underplay our need? How many of us never go that deep or deep enough in saying to God what we most truly long for? We never get past uh, better health or a better job or a happier family. The biggest and deepest problem for all of us is our effort to build our identity on something other than Jesus. And so we settle on one or two shallow things that we hope might save us from oblivion and from mediocrity. Whereas Jesus stands before this man and stands before us offering to be our saviour, our redeemer, our rescuer. 
Now, some of you who are new to the things of God may have come to him already with things that you believe really are the most important things and the deepest things. And it may be that you've been able to do so. But maybe you need Jesus himself to show you in grace that sometimes we come to him with things that we feel are vital but they fall away in the light of his holiness and his glory. Jesus loves you way too much to offer you frilly or shallow gifts. He wants to save your soul. He wants to restore the broken masterpiece that you are, to strengthen you to live for good and for justice in the world. That is never going to come cheap or easy. Which brings us to Jesus's deceptively simple question. You remember that the religious leaders, alarmed at Jesus's growing popularity and spooked by the fact that he uses kingdom of God language with such a shocking intimacy and immediacy. Uh, these religious leaders have come to check him out, uh, to see what he really stands for, to see if the stories are true. And Jesus sees their souls too. Now let's not get too proud here. We would probably have been outraged too. Who is this man to so calmly forgive someone else's sins? It wasn't that he was forgiving the paralyzed man for something that he'd done or said in the last 10 seconds. Jesus and the paralyzed man had never met each other. He seemed to be saying, Jesus, that all the greed and all the betrayal and all the rebellion in this man's life were ultimately to do with him. And so therefore, it was in Jesus' hands to forgive, to make those things right again. Now, if you haven't got the full force of just how big a claim that Jesus was making, then imagine this scenario. You need a new passport, and so you go to your GP to ask for their signature as a supporting witness to confirm who you are. But the GP says, oh, don't worry about that boring old application form. I'm going to issue you with a passport right here, right now. You know, don't go to the bother of filling out the normal form. I'll see to it myself. I've got one here in my desk drawer. You can have it. Here it is. Go travel. Go have a great time. You'd rightly be thinking any passport that she gives me isn't going to be worth anything at all. In fact, worse, it might get me into trouble if I try to use it. I'm going to go down the post office right away and get this done properly, get it done through the right channels. So we should hear and understand the religious leaders and their holy outrage. We really should hear and we should also hear them squirm as Jesus launches a desperately uncomfortable question uh, to them. He says, which is easier? to say your sins are forgiven or to say get up and walk. Now the poor religious leaders haven't yet had the chance to learn that any question that Jesus asks you is going to prove to be very difficult or uncomfortable uh, to answer. This is the first time uh, they've experienced uh, this. Now on the first reading 
Jesus's question is actually quite clear uh, though if you do want to enjoy an afternoon digging around in all of the commentaries you will find plenty to keep you entertained the first reading of the question is as follows anyone can say your sins are forgiven can can say the words because how would you prove that someone's sins are forgiven or not but not everyone can do a healing not everyone can heal a paralyzed man i will show you says jesus that i have the authority to forgive sin by showing that i have the authority to heal and that healing that will be the easier thing the lighter thing the less important thing that it was the forgiveness that was most important that's the clear intent of Jesus asking this question and that's definitely uh, the way that it's played in the clip uh, we, sh we saw uh, from The Chosen uh, and that's absolutely a really good interpretation but we can allow ourselves I think to go a little bit deeper in reflecting on the question that Jesus asks uh, because it was deceptive you could read this question and this encounter and think that the forgiveness of Jesus is a cheap and an easy thing that it's effortless that it's costless that it's done with a nonchalant shrug but as the Gospel of Luke unfolds uh, we will see that it is going to be infinitely harder and more costly you see for Jesus really to be our Savior he will go all the way to our cross Forgiveness will never be easy or cheap or free, but it will be given generously and recklessly. Now this autumn, we'd love to invite you uh, to go deeper. Uh, we're so delighted that all of you are part of our online church family and you belong here. But as both the paralyzed man and his friends learned, Jesus is always calling us to go deeper, to look beyond, to allow him to change, to change even what we feel are the most important and the most challenging issues uh, that we face, uh, to reorient the way we see the world. Now, there are lots of ways uh, to go deeper, but we have found over the years that a really good way is at uh, the Alpha Course. And in a moment, we're going to see a short trailer about uh, the course. And this autumn, we'll be doing the course here at Christchurch. We're going to do it online, making it even easier to attend than ever uh, before. Uh, the trailer uh, will tell you more. But once you've seen the trailer, and today, before you forget, please hop straight onto our website and find the section about Alpha and sign up for more details. And then, we can go deeper together.